I do have yeah. a bakery and I, there was a, my, the guy that's handling the front, um, was, was telling, was, was trying to figure out what was wrong with the batter was overproofed. Um, very much like this, this story, of the crucifixion. <laughs> Welcome to another riveting episode of Crossing Phase podcast, wherein we welcome John Pinna back from his excursions abroad to Vienna, Austria, where he was wheeling and dealing and trying to affect change amidst the Ukrainian-Russia war. So My so name is said, Matt so Hawkins. That was curious. <laughs> I don't know what happened all of a sudden, but I know I'm interrupting you. So this is he, Matt he didn't Hawkins. Like, you didn't like my movie promo voice? I do like it. I actually do like it. Should I start every show with that? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, uh, in a world gone wrong, <laughs> from, you know, two, two, two professionals, two old friends, one in, one in, I was going to say Tunisia, one in Tennessee and, and one in New York, do all I'm, they can I'm to here. stop the forces of evil. Welcome to Crossing Face. Or Christian a, man, a man armed only with a beard and babka. Yeah. Babka <laughs> diplomacy. That's... That's a thing now. So, um, yeah, no, I, we, we're you know, back from Austria. You know, you and I have been doing this for a little bit. I'm, I'm excited to chat with you and see what's going on. I mean, you're, um, I assume that you just are back from worshiping at the, um, the, uh, the statue of Athena. <laughs> Here in Nashville. <laughs> no, haven't been in there in a while. I have been um, there a few times, but not recently. Well, I'm, we're going to do the trip down there, and and I think we should do a broadcast and get thrown out uh, from the from the Parthenon. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, just back from Austria, I was doing some consulting out there, some trying to affect policy and affect security uh, and conflict and cooperation throughout that region. But it's difficult, you know, because I have a long experience, uh, long long lot a lot of work that I did in. Uh, Ukraine and then the Balkans, which uh, it's funny if I Google search Balkans, it doesn't come up readily. And then you have to kind of search a couple pages. But to me, growing up, the Balkans were like, it's like Yugoslavia, you know, Armenia, that whole kind of, but you know, Churchill always said, you don't know where the Balkans begin or end. <laughs> and it's differing depending on who you talk to. But, um, but yeah, I just came back from there and, uh, and then, so, you know, came back and then wheels down into D.C., spent a week in D.C. dealing with uh, policy people there. And uh, and it's just, you know, it's just no one gets it. <laughs> but, you know, it's really good for business. We are making a lot of money off the arms arms sales, which is good for our, our economy. Yeah. And I mean that. I, 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 we, I, I'm all for I don't make any bones about it and I never have. I mean, we do, we have a war economy and you have a development economy and services and the Republic survives on that and, and flourishes on those three things. So, you know, services, meaning education, legal, that sort of thing, banking, and then our development economy, which is its human rights and infrastructure and all that other stuff. And then, and then more. And so we, our conflicts are, you know, they drive a lot of our business. Um, so, I, I, and unapologetically that that's who we are. And anybody who says anybody in the Hill, whether elected official or whether they're, they work in, in the agencies to say that that's not who we are, they're lying to you. So it, it does seem to be a reality regardless of which party's in power. 
it's, you know, you can obfuscate the truth all you want. It's just, it's funny when I'm overseas and I say that to people, people go, you're the first American that's ever said that. We all think, we all think that. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I, I said, and I don't make any bones about it. That's, I mean, defending the Republic has been my career, you know, since I was, whenever, uh, since the beginning of my career and, uh, and expanding the Republic. And that means, you know, there's good, bad and ugly with it. Uh, and I'm not going to apologize for us being us. Uh, and, but, you know, and where the difference between us and everybody else is, well, at least when I say it, is that we're owning up to it and we do a lot of good with our, our three economies. We do a lot of good with it. I mean, you know, so um, we might be aggregating intelligence information with the American University of Afghanistan, which was a con op, was a concept operation at 5,000 students coming in and out of there. And, uh, and they were all the sons and daughters of the jihadis and the ministers. All that information was in- aggregated into the IC, the intelligence community. But guess what? They all got the first transferable degrees, uh, liberal arts education and transferable degrees all over the world. The first lawyers in female lawyers in, in Afghanistan were AUF, AUAF. They graduated out of when I was, when I was there in my tenure there. And, and, uh, and we had satellite campuses in five different places. And uh, the first, the first, I can't remember. It was like AA certified accountants were, you know, globally recognized certified accountants were AUAF. Well, that's cool. You know? And so, but did it help the intelligence industry? Yeah. Did it help defend the Republic? Yeah. All these jihadis and everybody else are sending all their, their sons and daughters there. And we knew their schedules. We knew where their comings and goings, all their finances were thrown, were, were running through there because they had to go through the, you know, the, the American model of financial aid. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. So all that information which, was which is intrusive. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, like it's over, it's, it's out of control, but you know, all that is true. And, but two things could be tried, true at the same time. There is that. And then, um, there was people were getting edu- an education that mattered. Uh, and I'm not going to devalue Kabul University or Cardon University, which Cardon was just cranking out students. And they were kind of, they were trying to, they were doing that sort of the same thing without being linked to the U.S. to the U.S. policy and and, uh, and agencies. But um, but it they it, 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 you know the students are 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 doing amazing. I just I just made donuts. And I just made uh, babka and um, and scones for the eighty students, AUAF students that uh-huh. uh, are at Bard College across the river. And uh, I helped I helped consult on on spiriting those students to Bard College uh, and when the Taliban took over, and and a couple hundred students, I think, but like two hundred change to the American University of Central Asia, yeah. and uh, and so. Um, I think, you know, they, these and American University of Central Asia is funded by USA, just like AUAF. And, uh, and uh, there's a number of federal, number of federal funds coming, they're coming from agencies into BART. So, um, but I think it's a pretty, you know, unapologetically, that's what, that's what they do. But, uh, you yeah, know, back to the Ukraine war, you know, I, it, uh, what's going on in Ukraine and the, the Balkans is just, it's insane. So, yeah, no, so let's cover some of the basics. How, how long were you there? Six weeks. Six weeks. And in Austria, why Austria? Why Vienna? You know, Austria, at one point, I I love this about Austria. At one point, Asia started right outside the walls. How cool is that? And it was the capital of the Holy Roman Empire. At one point, it was the capital of Europe. 
And it's yeah. the capital that everyone modeled their capitals off of. Ah. And so that's a cool. That's a cool historic tidbit. I mean, let me just say, I mean, it's very ostentatious. And there's there's a you know copper this and sculptures that and chariots on all, all tops of all the buildings, but they've got the museums there. There's nobody comes even close. I would say this. I would say a close second would be the, the museums in Moscow, but like the Louvre, British museums have nothing on the museums. I mean the War Museum, the I mean they've got you know the Monets and the Go the uh, uh, Gauguin's and all this other business. They got all these wonderful museums everywhere i'm not sure anybody's working in town the town is a lot there's a lot of restaurants there's a lot of museums i think i was in like the three buildings where things are happening and they're not and there's not that much the rest is all hospitality hey. there's one big cafe you know <laughs> sounds like my kind of city <laughs> it, it is it, like all i could say is if anybody everybody needs to go to vienna once in their life and experience like the real deal and uh, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a war museum that had, that had so much stuff. And, and on top of that, it's all pristine, you know, and it's all like Habsburg collections. So basically, basically the Habsburgs just decided we're going to still own everything, but give it to the state to steward. And it's all there. So yeah. all the stuff that they accumulated over the years, which, you know, is substantial, um, you know, and they all can relate themselves back to like, you know, I don't know, Moses or Adam. I, I have no idea. All this, these strange family trees. And, uh, and so they, you know, the, so they've been collecting a lot of stuff for a long time and they basically still own it. It's just on like lend, it's like lended to the government now. And so um, they very graciously, like, you know, as a guest of the government, they very graciously said, oh, you know, is there something you want to do while you're in town? And they're thinking, oh, it's going to be opera. He wants tickets to listen to the like, opera in like the church, or he want he's going to want to go stay, go to the, like the best restaurant and get like that reservation. Yeah. And I was like, no, I was like, I just want to. I was like, I'd like to hold the spear, destiny. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I go, yeah, you guys are supposed to have that spear, this that the, the Jesus spear. And uh, oh, and I'm big spear. into relics, so I just I was like, can I can I can I hold it? And they were like. They're like, no, no, you can't. And so I said, I go, the, the museum's closed on Tuesday. Um, it's Thursday. Next week, maybe I could pop in. You know, ask, the, ask the guy, the, the guy that's in charge. So it was really funny. It was really funny. because So what happened was um, they, they graciously um, humored me and said, and the museum is closed on Tuesday. The, uh -huh. This is the Royal Treasury. They invited me in. And I, was, I wasn't allowed to take any pictures. And they, 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 they allowed, they brought me up to the case. I put the gloves on and I held this, I held a piece of the cross, a uh -huh. spear, and I touched the chalice, which this big agate bowl that's supposed to be like the chalice that was there at the last supper. And, wow. uh, but, but I held the, I held the spear and then I, I did a little jump and the guy was like, what the hell are you doing? I go, well, I wanted to see if I could fly. <laughs> I really did. Cause you're supposed to be invincible. So, okay. So, so for, for like listeners who are not familiar what is this thing? What is this artifact? The spear uh, the of destiny. Longinus, Long Longinus. What's his name? Come on, you're the Bible guy. I, I don't Luc know that. I don't know that. Bible name. What was the name of the of the Roman that pierced Jesus and the oh, water yeah, came out? Yeah, yeah. Longinus. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's. I feel like when I say that, I don't feel comfortable saying that word, Longinus. Right. It's too close it kinda, to to, the, to anus. It it's really it, close. 
It does sound like a body part near or around the digestive tract, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I so it's called the Holy Lance, but and I'm googling it right now, and it's um, Longinus. Longinus was the Roman that 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 pierced Jesus, Hazadisa, and um, and I just like being around. I just like to know if this stuff existed, yeah. if it's actually real. So the sheath, there's a gold sheath on it that's not that's not from the period. And then there's this casing that's not from the period, but there's um, a hilt and then the pilum, which is the, the part of the, the javelin that would go in that the, so every Roman soldier has two spears, two javelins, and they would throw the javelin. First javelin would go through a, a shield and it would break, it would bend. So that uh-huh. render the shields useless. So the person would have to drop their shield. The enemy have to drop their shield. And then the second one, they, you know, shoot it in the guy's eye or something. Yeah. And so, so it was a really thin, tiny little. And so apparently it's not really a lance. It was from the pilot. It was from one of these javelins. And that theoretically dates. This is little, tiny, little. It's like, it's, it's really tiny. It's like small. I was kind of trying to try to find something really, really narrow that's in the middle of this take the sheath off and the case in the middle of this casing and they say that and the hilts are from other spear i go okay you know and I, but i didn't feel anything i'm just gonna let you know not that um uh, it would make you feel something but i didn't i didn't i i you know 90 percent of what i know about the spirit of destiny is from like this by history books and from constantine yeah yeah this the is mostly with, see uh, the, the account in particular uh, and the spear and the name of the uh, the soldier is lar- seems to be largely legendary so it's not it's well not why like, don't you walk us through it so jesus is on the cross he's about to die right he's dying yes and and longinus walks up and i don't understand how, why i don't understand the whole song and dance but what, what maybe you had to check to see if he was dead yes yeah, so in the in the context of crucifixion which is both a method of torture and murder in one. Uh, there, there were procedures in which uh, they followed to um, make sure you were dead or dying. And uh, one of those things was it was act, so you're, you're pierced at the hands or in the wrists, and then you're pierced at the ankles uh, and appended or to, to a cross made of wood. And so what happens in that excruciating, torturous process is that um, the way you're hanging, your body continues to weaken and weaken, and so you can't breathe anymore. And so you, right. uh, you, you try to push up on your, on your ankles, your feet, uh, and try to gasp for breath so you don't asphyxiate. Uh, it's kind of the impulse uh, when you're in that kind of position. Uh, so what uh, soldiers would do eventually um, to either, you could look at it one of two ways, uh, either um, facilitate a more expeditious death uh, so soldiers could have gone on with their lives um, or to relieve uh, the suffering in an act of mercy, um, they would actually break the legs of the uh of the condemned uh, so that they wouldn't, they would stop being able to lift themselves up for air. Um, that was number one. Uh, apparently the legs of Jesus, I believe uh, they were part of the uniqueness was that they were not broken. Um, they were, there was not necessitated. Uh, but then to confirm when uh, a body right. is way up on, on a cross and you can't exactly reach and 
feel for a pulse, you have to figure out whether the person is dead or not. And so what the practice was is that they would pierce the side, uh, uh, presumably in the belly somewhere near the rib cage, um, to confirm that the person was dead. How did they know they were dead? Uh, well, at that point uh, in, the, in the death process, you have like a separation of water from the blood. And so basically if you water comes out in, instead of blood or you know, yeah. presumably a, a, a thinner blood substance, uh, then that was indication that the person was dead. And so um, this legend is um, to which we're talking about supposedly this legendary named Longinus, who's never named in uh, in the scripture, uh, but it was a Roman centurion, um, uh, pierced his pierced Jesus' side with a spear. So that's where. And then water came out, and it was a big sign. Yeah, so. So and, 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 water, and water came out, and so it was a sign that, number yeah. one, he was dead. But without getting too much into the theology of it, the fact that water came out of um, the sacrificial lamb um, yeah. is huge, right? So the wow. themes—we we don't have to go down this rabbit trail, but the themes of water um, from Genesis to Revelation are through Scripture are just kind of—once you see it, it's, like, there, and you can't unsee it. My like instinct is to just start—do a deep dive into this and, like— why, why, like, where, why did we stop at water? Why wasn't it dumps? You're like, right. so well, you, I, but, I mean, you can see it. It look in Genesis, you had, you had the, you know, the, the creation saga had, begins, you know, begins with water immediately after, um, yeah, uh, light and darkness. And you have, um, you have, a, you have a life starting in a garden, right? Between two right. rivers. Um, uh, you need water for life and it comes out of a tree, mind you, also a tree, the cross tree cross it's all right yeah. all symbolically tied uh you have noah and the water the floods um and then ultimately water, you have bat- ultimately have you baptisms right you have baptism for crying out loud water's a uh, big theme on a planet that's street that's said 75 percent water that's fair just, enough i'm just saying it's a narrative theme that what are we like, talking just, about that, here? That, that that unless you pick it out unless attach it to the broader these little these little short narratives um, uh, these little short accounts um, from San I'm just, I'm just playing, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just in a playful mood today. I just, you know, because I'm just like, I, I, here's the thing. I, like, I love relics, which is like, I think it's the coolest thing. We had our Jesus Nails episode. We had our, our, our what's it called, with the staff of, of uh, Moses. Um, and, uh, and so this was, this was a great treat. Like my, my father was, my father, I didn't even know it was in town. My father called me up. He's like, like, see if you can get the government to, to let you let you hold that thing. I was like, what you, I was like, what, I was like, hold what? What are you talking about? And he goes, because the you know the lance, he goes, it's there. He goes, I know you're into this. And I go, and so I had to Google it. It's, it was in the royal treasury. Amazing. I I, I completely meant I forgot to tell you. So my parents went to Israel uh, this past summer spring i completely forgot to tell you they had a flight that routed through istanbul and i told them to look for the moses staff um but apparently they didn't have enough time on their layover to get into the museum and then back out so i don't i don't know exactly what the logistics were or uh well it's an hour away i i okay i i airport's an hour away now uh, so okay so this is the way you talked about it it sounds like it was inside the airport no, 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 oh, no. Okay. So, so here's the thing with the Turks. Okay. This is the biggest. Okay. So this is going to get right back to Erdogan. But so I'm going to try to say it as tactfully as <laughs> we possible. We started on UK, Ukraine, now we're in Turkey. It's okay. Come okay. along with us for the geographic. The Istanbul ride. used to be the place where you could just pop into Ataturk Airport. And Ataturk Airport was like 15, 20 minutes 
to, to the Sultan Ahmed. So you could like to like the historical section of Istanbul, which is all historical. I don't want to commit a hate crime. And but but the, but Istanbul is like my second home because you know all the places I work, Afghanistan, right. Pakistan. It's you know Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, all these places. And then I my second home. Whenever I took a break, it would be in Istanbul for you know my entire career. And now they move the airport an hour, hour and a half northwest of Istanbul. So there's no easy way to get there. You have to take the car and you're just in the journey. And I get it because they needed a bigger airport. Yeah. But they've got, you know, for, for guys like me that would like, you know, do I want to pop in for three weeks or a day? Or you're going to be over there. You're going to be there for 24 hours. You could just pop out, get a hotel room, crash there see you something, eat some, uh, you know, eat like a real, like some, like a real piece of, like the, there's, the Turks make this beautiful chicken with rice. It's so beautiful. It's, you just, there's, it's, it's just dreamy. So the point is, <laughs> is like, I could just go there. I could go to, the, I could pop out and I could slot out at the mosque, hit the Azan and, and hit the Azan and just, and, and just do my own thing can't do that anymore. You can't just pop out of the airport. It's a, it's a journey. And then it's a whole song and dance with transportation. And I don't know if anybody knows what transportation is like in foreign countries, but it can be treacherous. Right. Very treacherous. So, Very treacherous. Yeah. You know, so especially if you're going into a major city with suburbs like Istanbul and you're out of town, like uh -huh. you have to, I mean, whatever it is, you have, if you're not religious, if you're an atheist, like that ceases the second you're trying to get out of town to make your flight. Like right. there's no, you know, I, I, you know so I, I, I'm like right away is like, I, I, you know, I, I just tell, I was like, have you ever been in a cab and tried to meet, try like a paid cab, you know, metered cab and tried to get to an airport on time. You know, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I always say that to some of my atheist friends. I'm like, they're like, yeah, you know, like if that's a time for prayer, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, because so, especially this Sunbowl, because there's always, a little bit of a language barrier. There's always a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, um, yeah. So they, 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 it would be difficult for anybody to pop out real quick to see the staff of uh, of Moses, and because it's in the Top Cappy Palace, it's in the museum there, and uh, and it's um, it's 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 in a strange spot too. So it's 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 in this like thing where you kind of come out like this, and there's. Um, a bunch of artifacts and you have to turn and come out another door that goes this way okay. coming in and uh -huh. going out this way. And it's right in the post in like a glass thing with like a little, I told you, I, I, I walked in the room and I, for as much as you, I, as loath as I am to say this, like, like I felt something and I stopped and I spun around and I looked and I go, what is that? And they had this little staff of Hebrew on it. It goes, the staff of Moses. Spoil of war. <laughs> it's like I can't. It just the whole thing just freaked me out. Um, and then, I, like, apparently, a bunch of nerds did a lot of research on it, and apparently, it's likely that it is or was or something. Um, but I wasn't able to, to handle that. I don't think the Turks would let me. <laughs> not let, let you touch a spear, but not. Well, but not I think that admittedly, I was trying to do. I was. I was very, um, you know, I was doing a lot of work and I think the Austrian government, they're, they're just very gracious people. Yeah. And so they're, 
and they don't believe it is the sphere, which is fine. It's just like right. a piece of something. So right. like, it's not, yeah. <laughs> not, well, nobody, I don't think anybody, I, I don't know, but it, I mean, it's Googleable, but it's just, to them, it's just an artifact. It's like somebody saying, oh, I want to, you know, do, you know, can I see the, you know, the, 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 the saddle of, they don't, and I don't mean that to devalue that to them. It's not, it, it doesn't even, even in the thing, the case, it doesn't say sphere of destiny. It yeah. says Roman sphere. So they don't get into that. Um, but they do say the piece of the cross and there's this little sliver of wood. And I was like, is it? And they're like, well, it does take to it. You know, like, you know, like a low, you know, I was like, are you, I was like, I don't know if this is, I don't know if you guys are being serious. They're like, we're pretty serious about it. Pretty serious people. So I was like, all right. And they said, so it's, uh, but I thought it was interesting that they would let me hold that, but not the crown jewels. So not that I asked, but they said, yeah, something like the crown jewels would be like, we don't even take that out of the case, but this stuff is, it's just an artifact like anything else, just something that we have. And it's really in a strange spot. It's just with a bunch of clothes, like a bunch of robes, and like it's in a in a room with a couple of things. It's not. Oh, oh, there it is, Spirit Destiny over there. I don't know. <laughs> I I can't. I can't weigh in on this. I'm not. You know. Not, I I don't know. I don't understand. There's a lot of, of artifacts, though. There's a lot of um, relics, like the, from people, like saints and stuff, pieces of yeah. people. Yeah. And that's like a big jam. It's a big Catholic town. They're 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 they're, they're full on. So I, w- I was a little foggy in my recollection. Uh, I, I looked up the, pe- the scriptural passage about this uh, episode. It's in John chapter 19. And the reason in particular that I left out uh, that uh, they were looking to break the legs of these particular prisoners was that it was the day before the Sabbath. And if, uh, if the b- bodies were left uh, on the cross during the Sabbath, that, that would uh, create significant problems for the Jewish community uh, because they're not supposed to... Uh, uh, deal with dead bodies on the Sabbath is the short story. Uh, and then the fact that they did not break his legs also fulfilled Old Testament scripture uh, uh, regarding uh, how this, how the Messiah would come and, uh, and go. So, so, so he had to take, so Jesus had to be taken off the cross on that Friday before. Um, uh, was it? Uh, yeah. Before what's it called? Saturday, the Sabbath, yeah. the Sabbath, right? Oh, so that's okay. It seems seem to fit very nicely. It's like Palm Sunday, and then yeah. you push everything to Thursday. Jesus is betrayed. You got to throw a quick trial at night. All things that have never happened before or since, and then you got to execute them within a day. And most people would die over the course of three to seven days or more, but the average. But somehow he dies in a day. Yeah, right before the, in the middle of. Passover that that's yeah. never they, like what they it's really peculiar. You don't find this all peculiar. It is peculiar. It's the incarnation of God. How <laughs> how could it not be? How could it not be peculiar? <laughs> what are we doing that's here, like, John? That's it, not it's all peculiar. <laughs> no man has ever resurrected from the dead before or after. <laughs> it's all his, his his brother James is on the Sanhedrin. And so is Joe jo Arimathea. And somehow it's a unanimous conviction of him by his brother and, and Joe. Well, How is it's that a, possible? It, it's a conviction of him by the Roman state. I don't know. The With Romans Pontius Pilate. I think, I think that's too convenient to throw everything on Pontius. I'm just, it, that was the mechanism. 
whatever you think of, of Pontius, like that was the mechanism because they wouldn't, um, was it, I think they were, they were prohibited from executing capital punishment, maybe? Um, if I was doing an intelligence assessment of this event, I would <laughs> say, would be fun. <laughs> I, would, I would do like, I, I would, I, my, my brief would say this, it's very peculiar that um, when things happen that haven't happened before. So you, so you have. It was remember, in fact a conspiracy, John, to kill an innocent man. What's that? I said it was in fact a conspiracy to kill an innocent man. Well, I'm not, but I, like, here's the thing. It would sound to me like it was a con op. It was like, if they don't greet us as king, um, and, and when, what's, what is plan B? And plan B is we hold a trial, a rush trial at night um, in the middle of a holiday that's never happened before. We all agree that we're going to convict them. And then, uh, Joe, you got, you got some space, right? So you give them the tomb. And what we're going to do is we're going to figure this all out. And so let's give him a bunch of mandrake on the, on the cross. He passes out. We'll grab him. And no one's going to be happening so fast. We'll throw him in the, in the tomb. And then what we're going to do is um, he's going to he's going to pop up a couple of days later and hang out for forty days. We'll write the we'll write the book. We'll write the uh, the Q document or whatever it is, and and then and then we'll start evangelizing. And it goes it's it's a it's it's a it's a good plan B. And I would I, my my brief would say look his brother the, none of this has happened before. It all happens at night. It all happens behind a blind. Members of his family are involved. Um, and then the pe same people that convict him are, are, are helping and spiriting the expediting of whatever's happening post to create an, a separate narrative that is an alternate narrative to explain why he wasn't, he wasn't accepted as the Messiah. And all this is happening outside the Romans. It's not happening with like any other dudes. It's happening with the members of his own community and his inner circle. So it's mm -hmm. very peculiar the most trusted people. What, what, what would your Intel op uh, assessment uh, say of those who were in his inner circle who died professing that? I, 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 I have a very lie. poor view of his, I have a very poor view of all of his, of, of the disciples. I think they betrayed him multiple times during, while they were hanging out with him. And, and I think that they were acting a fool afterwards. Um, I don't that's, recognize none of them recognize that, not, not too many Christians will quibble with you on there, John. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's and a I, large point of the text is the failure. Yeah. Of I, the I, disciples. And I think, we, I think Thomas, I think Thomas and Peter specifically saw that we're very, very passionate about the business of religion and started their own cult followings, one in India and the other one with the Catholic church, especially with Peter's collaboration with Paul who was essentially making things up as he was going along. And, uh, and um, look, let me explain something to you. Let me say the Christians weren't persecuted in, in Rome because of their religion. They were persecuted because they were gathering secretly. And that's why they were, that's why they, and, the, and Rome just didn't tolerate that stuff. Most of them were hanging out in part of the Roman empire, but the, the narrative is it's always like a religious persecution thing. So, but I, I mean, the, the business of, of, of a cult is, is, you know, what's going on? What's causing them to help a man out like this? <laughs> um, that's because it's overproof. Is that the old battery? Yeah. Yes. To the, okay, so. Yeah. So, so you might want to switch it to the new. Okay. Let's use the new. We have it. Okay. 
See, making babies. donuts as we speak. Making donuts as we speak on air. Bread is life. Bread is life. Um, no, I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> actually, you want to, hold on a second. Let me just. Meanwhile, while John is dealing with this cafe, <laughs> uh, please report crossing phase is almost a bit away. Uh, is he coming back? We're just a few downloads short of 12,000 downloads for our program. And if you would be kind enough to rate and re review us on the iTunes store, we'd be much appreciated. Um, John, I was just telling listeners in your absence that uh, we're approaching, we're just a, just a few downloads away from 12,000 downloads of our, pro of, our, uh, right. of our programming, which is Well, this cool. is the thing. We want everybody to listen. We want everybody to be, um, you know, give us subjects to talk about. You know, we... And we don't, it doesn't appear this way, but we, we are both religious scholars and, uh, and we both are, uh, we, we're, and we're practitioners. So it's not like we're talking without having, you know, this, uh, the scars of being out in the field. I mean, my, my business, mostly 80% of my life was eight was, 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 was is international and 27% domestic. And I would probably say that it's probably the reverse with you, which gives yeah. us this good melding. And, uh, but, um, you know, been all over the world and been doing all kinds of stuff. And between the two of us, you know, you're usually more dialed in on domestic policy, although I've been more involved particularly with the Trump administration and all this other stuff. But um, we want subjects. We want, you know, tell us what you want us to talk about and we'll, we'll hammer it. Um, and, uh, and we'll, if we can get on site, we will. But, uh, and I'm sorry to break away, but I do, I do have yeah. a bakery and I, there was a, my, the guy that's handling the front um, was, was telling was, was trying to figure out what was wrong with the batter was overproofed um very much like this this story uh the crucifixion um um so i i, I what is overproofed i'm not a baker what does that mean so um when you make a batter like let's say bread or or donuts or whatever it is um there's you this is a sponge which is the, the yeast and you activate the yeast Right. Uh, and, and then there's a, there's a timing issue, right? Okay. It's an acrid culture, right? It's alive uh -huh. and expands. Right. And sure. so it can, it can expand too much and overproof. And that's when okay. you get like really like flatbread because it went and then now sag. And okay. so, so um, it, it, it grew too much. It grew too much before the baking. Basically. Much like Paul's okay. stories about um, <laughs> about speak with Jesus and his letters, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very, very apt, you know, sort of metaphor. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. So I think um, no, I, 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 I mean, my assessment would be this: um, the Plan A didn't work. Plan B went into effect. Um, there's a, a number of co-conspirators that were trusted members that actually helped facilitate uh, 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 the, the crucifixion in such a way that allowed for um, hyper control. I believe Caiaphas was, was, a, was in on it. I think Caiaphas- You just um, love the name Caiaphas. That's the only reason he's in your story. Well, I want to, I, what a, it's like, it, first of all, how, like you can't, no one can name anybody Caiaphas because apparently he killed Jesus. But I think Caiaphas was like, was like uh, Judas. I think they were like the most trusted members of like the, of the, of the Jewish Jesus movement. I also, um, well, why did Judas have to have to kill himself then? If he was just part I of I don't know if he killed himself. All those stories are highly questionable. I think that that's I think all that's the biblical like text is highly questionable. All the what? 
You're saying all all the biblical text is highly questionable. It Without- is. It's, hi- it's highly suspect. All this stuff was written a lot later and edited, like at nauseum. It, and if there and and you need far to our- far earlier than your tale of woes. That's that's you and I both know that that's that's that that seems highly questionable. And you know, <laughs> like. Like, like, you know, like, we, you know, we've derailed like, this conversation. We've had this conversation before. I'm going to bring these hey, here, hey, I, I, I want to, we never even really got to what's going on in Ukraine, but we got to wrap up and let you go. Um, I, I do want to tease this subject matter. We got to pick out just the right guests for it. Um, but I need a multi-faith panel assembled here on crossing phase. Uh, because within my own little circle of evangelicalism, there are Christians all of a sudden kind of, um, surprisingly attacking this concept of religious freedom and uh yeah uh, and 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 requiring um asserting that it it necessarily uh requires a a christendom or a recently christendom uh culture um to sustain itself and uh that uh on, on the one hand i find roots of of religious freedom in christian scripture as you you're well aware of and, and not yeah. terribly surprised i actually see seeds in it um in the hebrew text uh, the old testament what christians call the old testament um so i actually think you can make a uh the the foundations at least are there for um uh for a pre-christian foundation of uh religious freedom but all to say we need to get we, we need what are you to talking about Hammurabi's code has religious freedom in it this is what i'm saying like there's right, something so, so let's, just stop, let's, new... just cut, let's just cut the nonsense so that's number one i mean tom right. far who, who religious freedom institute and now this is going to be a said to me who i i can like i could close my eyes and listen to him for hours because he has such a wonderful voice but right. he said to me that it was like that the catholics invented religious freedom and i i three times in my life and I spit out my drink and that was one of them I just couldn't stop laughing I go the Romans had religious freedom they didn't care who you worshipped as long as you paid your your they you said that their gods exist and you paid your taxes they didn't care so the Romans had it but Hammurabi's code it's definitely in there and there's definitely freedom of religion and so when we said so it's not like Christian doctrine and Muslim doctrine and all doctrines but here's the thing when we say religious freedom, it means what? It means freedom to believe, not believe, change and choose, right? Yep. And practice. So that's and, and practice. And practice is a little bit crazy because you guys claim that part of your practice is evangelizing, which we get that. And then you start getting into strange areas of predatory proselytizing and coercive conversion, which I know right. you're against. Yeah, that's, but, yeah, that's, but people yeah. feel empowered to do so. So those are, um, but uh, but I think that, what we, you and I should have a conversation about it, and then we should have a panel about it. Let's do that yeah. next we, time. We need, we need a multi-faith uh, uh, pa- panel uh, about, about it. And I'm willing to contend, I, I think you can make an argument for overlapping, like a Venn diagram of overlapping sources of what we now call religious freedom. Um, but all to say, there's some, there's some trends within my camp um, uh, on both. Uh, shoot, I can think of an institution who uh, filed a lawsuit based on religious freedom and then his leader like a year or so later said like religious freedom is just nonsense and it's uh it's it's contributes to the perpetuation of false um, religions and then now you have uh some other voices that are kind of hating on religious freedom even though we've had like two decades at least or more of uh, religious freedom win streaks at the supreme court yeah yeah sorry yeah i think what we, what we need 
well, I think we need to do is let's let's have a conversation about we'll do a brief out of Ukraine and 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 the Balkans. We'll do a brief out of that. We'll do it. We'll stay tight. Well, maybe we can do that this week. And, uh, and we'll do like a quick 15 minute. All right. And then we're going to do a religious freedom. You and I will do a quick 15 right. minute on that for everybody. We'll do those two recordings. All right, Bob. All right. Sounds good. This has been Crossing Phase with John Pinnett and Matt Hawkins. We're at crossingphase.com and on most of the social medias. All right. Thanks, guys.